This is Basic Ball Four. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Base Hit Ball 4. My name is Glenn DeNegris alongside Tyler Blumistick, Alex Cashman, and Scott Roswald. It was a big week in Major League Baseball. We're approaching the trade deadline. The Yankees haven't played because of COVID and the rain down in Atlanta. Uh, the Astros uh, got swept by the Padres, and the Dodgers keep beating everyone. But we're going to start with those slam Diego Padres who are winning every single day. They've won seven straight. They are four games behind the Los Angeles Dodgers, who just seem to be just a juggernaut in the NL West. But, you know, last week we kicked it off with the Padres as well. It was a little bit of a trend with the, the Grand Slam 3-0 Tatis kind of controversy, but they have continued that, and they're not just this cute story anymore. Now they're a legitimate, it seems, contender in Major League Baseball. The only problem for them is that they play in the same division as the Los Angeles Dodgers. They swept the Astros. They look really good doing it. They hit. A grand slam seemingly every day. Machado's contributing. Hosmer's contributing. Obviously, Tatis is a top five player in Major League Baseball. They're getting pretty good pitching to kind of allow their bats to take over at the end of the game. Guys, are we buying stock in the San Diego Padres, or do you think this is just a a three-week kind of hot streak? Pump the brakes. What do you mean pump the brakes? Uh, Listen, I love Fernando Tatis Jr., and – uh, I, I can't say that on the air, but I love Fernando Tatis Jr. I do. I think he's so cool. He's so much fun to watch. I can't sit here and tell you he's a top five player in the league right now. I think he's playing like a top five player in the league, but I can't sit here and tell you that I think that as of right now, he's a top five player in MLB. I, I, th- I think it's too early. You know, you got guys like Charlie Blackman who's in over 400. I don't know if he's still hitting over 500, but he's at least hitting over 400. He's not the best hitter in baseball, but he's hot. I don't know. Listen, like I said, I love Tatis, but he's not a top five player in the league yet. He will be, but he's not yet. He's leading the league in home runs with 12. He's leading the league in RBIs. He's playing stellar defense. And maybe he's not top five overall in terms of going back years and what people have done over their careers. That's with what Bellinger. I'm saying. I think he what will Bellinger be. What Bellinger has accomplished over his three, four years, what Trout has done over the last 10. I totally understand where you're coming from. But right now in this 2020 pandemic season, he's he's top top five five in my my opinion right now. He's fantastic. He's carrying this Padres team. Talk about – There's not five other guys that you take on your your team before him? Right now, today – Well, my initial question is buying stock. Are we buying stock in the Padres – going forward, not just for the rest of this season, but do you think this is something that's sustainable that it can eventually, over the course of a normal 162, compete with the Dodgers? Because over the last seven, eight years, the Dodgers have kind of just won the division by default because there wasn't a lot of competition. Are the Padres finally breaking ground into that Dodgers echelon? Maybe not this year, maybe not catching them this year, but 21 and 22. That's my question. I'll, I'll buy a few shares. I'm not I'm not going all in on the Padres. I think with the way that the season is set up this year, they obviously have a great chance. They've set themselves up very well because there's only a few teams in the National League that actually have a winning record. So they've put themselves in a great spot. They're not going to win the division. The Dodgers are winning that division. So they put themselves in a great spot for that second spot guaranteed or one of those two wild cards. 
as you mentioned, Tatis is phenomenal. They have great position players. Um, uh, just the question is starting rotation depth, I would say, for them. I think, I mean, Denelson Lamette has been really, really good for them. And they got Kirby Yates closing it out. But depth-wise, pitching-wise, they're not anywhere close to one of the top teams in the National League. And that surprises me, too, because you look at, like, a team like the Rockies who play in a very hitter-friendly ballpark. If the Padres are the complete opposite. So, like, I don't – I think once they start – actually getting better and really proving that they are a team kind of on the rise. I think it's going to attract more high level talent. And to be completely honest with you, I would not be surprised if they get one of the top guys on the market uh, in the off season, like a Trevor Bauer or somebody like that. Or even trade in the coming I don't know. week. Yeah. Like they're not a cheap franchise. So like, I mean, they try to no, play everything smart contract. wise. They had they that one money. off season where San Diego hosted the winter meetings. That was the winter meetings where they got, I believe shields. And I think they got Hosmer as well. They, they they have a track record of going going big got, in off seasons when they're they ready. Got up, they got Upton and Kemp yes. at mm-hmm. that time too, and Kimbrel, Craig Kimbrel. Uh, they're an ownership that is willing to spend. It's I mean, if I was a player, it's a beautiful ballpark. I mean, it isn't a great hitters ballpark, but San Diego is a beautiful city. You have great weather all year round. I feel like it should be an attractive place to go, especially for a pitcher. You got a lot of a lot of space out there to, you know, for leeway. Um, so, and with that ownership willing to spend, yeah, they could definitely continue to build upon what they have. I think it's tough, but be, uh, trying to get a star free agent there, knowing that the Dodgers are looming. You know, regardless how good the uh, the Padres are, the Dodgers are better at least right now. I mean, the Dodgers are scary good. Um, I don't know. I can't, I can't, as a free agent, I'm not sure I'm going to sign up to come in second place for the next five years. I, I mean, yeah, but it doesn't seem much different than like back when the giants had their big teams, uh, what between five and 10 years ago when they were just really making pushes, it was a two horse race in that division. And the giants were better. I mean, they won a couple world series in like the Tim Lincecum years, like around that time. But yeah, but the that, Giants I mean, had a, I don't I don't understand. The Giants had a better team than the Dodgers and the Dodgers weren't as competitive. I mean, this Dodgers team is like I don't know. I mean, there's no team in baseball better than the Dodgers. I feel like during those years where the Giants were winning championships every other year, the 10, 2012, 2014, the Dodgers were still making the playoffs and in most cases the Dodgers were still winning the NL West. I I believe that in 12 and 14 the Giants came out of the wild card game to end up winning the championships. But those oh. Dodgers teams weren't the, as you say, Cash, that just powerhouse juggernaut well, team. They, they weren't and as I good feel as they like, are now. And I feel like, at least on paper and what they built through their farm system, I feel like the Padres are on their way to pushing the Dodgers a little bit. I'm not saying in the next oh, couple no, years no, they're going to take I'm over not. the Dodgers, but – if there's any team in the NL West that's going to challenge them over the next couple of years right now with the way they've built their team with their young talent and getting guys like a Machado and a Hosmer and a Yates, I think, I think the, the Padres are a team that the Dodgers are going to have to worry about pretty soon. I'm not saying it's a runaway. That's not my point. I'm just saying it, it'll be hard to attract a free agent um, to San Diego when you have the Dodgers looming. And, you know, you, of course you have, um, the Rockies who somehow keep winning and the Diamondbacks who aren't playing terrible. I mean, it's a tough division to play in. So um, 
And the, the, they have to be willing to spend the money. They got Machado on a $300 million deal. They have From the uh, Dodgers. Right. They have Hosmer on a pretty expensive deal, and they're going to have to pay Tatis. I don't know when, but... Not until 2025 or twenty. Okay, so there. I take that back. They so that was while. irrelevant, but... But they could lock him up at any point. Exactly. Kind of like what the Braves did with Acuna and Albies. It's probably... Is that a good I, contract? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. For but Acuna, I guess not for the Braves, it's amazing. But I don't think Tatis is going to go down that road. I there's think a lot of different no, no. variables for yeah. the Padres in terms of what Cash said with attracting free agents and who wants to come in second place to the Dodgers and then play a one-game playoff. If this expanded playoff continues into next couple years and going into the future where it's not a one-game thing and it's like more of a three-game wildcard series, then I guess – that would be more of an incentive for the for players to go to the Padres saying, listen, we might not win the division every year, but it's not going to be a one-game Hail Mary. So we'll see yeah, what happens with the help, Padres. Help their cause there. They're definitely electric. I mean, if, and At the if, end of the day, what matters is money. If they're willing to spend the money, they're going to get somebody. And they're very exciting, and that's something that's attractive to free agents who want to go play somewhere. I mean, we're Yankee fans, and Scott's a Phillies fans, but if there wasn't a Yankee game or a Philly game on, what's the third team? What's the second team that you would want to see play right now? And that's Braves. the Padres. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I always like watching West games. Like, I'll, I'll watch any, like, Diamondbacks game. I'll watch a Rockies game, like, a Padres game. Like, I love just sitting and watching, like, late-night games to the point where the central is kind of that like muddy area for me that I don't know. Not that I don't know much about the league, but it's either I know the East and who the Yankees play and who they're familiar with. And then I know the West only because seven o'clock games end and 10 o'clock games come on and kind of what you get accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time watching the Dodgers too the last few years because of my Laker mm-hmm. connection. And, you know, I, I got a chance to go out to Dodger stadium a few times. So it was pretty cool. So that kind of wrote me in. I wouldn't consider myself a Dodger fan, but I like watching them play. I do like watching the Padres mainly because of Tatis. That that dude's pretty good. Um, but I I do want to say something about Tatis because I saw this on Twitter from a few different people, and I want to make myself very clear. Um, a lot of people were saying that the Yankees should trade for Fernando Tatis Jr. And let me say something. As much as I love the Yankees, and I love as much as I love Fernando Tatis Jr., we don't need to combine everything. Let yeah. the kid have fun on the West Coast. I don't need him in pinstripes. I really don't. They're going to make him cut his hair, make him shave his beard. I don't need that. Let, keep him on the West Coast. We can also, the Yankees, Yankees have other problems that they need to address. We can admire him from afar. I'm just making my – I just want to make it very clear that just because somebody's good does not mean he needs to be in pinstripes. I don't, it doesn't always I don't work think out. There's, a, there's not a package in the world that the Yankees could offer to the Padres where they would trade him. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I mean, it was even real. I'm just saying that people yeah, on Twitter were yeah, saying it. You know? It's ridiculous. He's probably I'm, one of the most untradeable guys in the game. I mean, he is probably the best homegrown player they've brought up since it was he's not Tony homegrown. Green. He's not homegrown. Where they, they got from? him? They got him straight up for James Shields. Yikes! The, the Chicago White Sox traded wow. Tatis to the Padres. Shame on me for not doing research on that. Well, the White Sox are doing okay too, though. But so. at that point, it's still. It is kind of homegrown. White Sox had a good series against the Cubs this weekend. Yep. Guys, hit the ball. White Sox are a good team. They hit 27 home runs. And what's the stats, Scott? 27 and 8? 27 home runs in a week in seven games. That's absurd. That's Yankee MLB record. Yeah. Kind of home run. They were just just out there mashing the ball, which their lineup is built to do. And right now, they're. Grandal. 
ability. They're in second place, so they have one of the wild card spots. They're tied in second place with Cleveland at 17 and 12. They're two and a half games against uh, behind Minnesota. Uh, there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good baseball going on, especially in the American League. Scott made this point, and I want to get back to it about the National League. Only like four teams have 500 records. So we talked about in previous episodes when we discussed the trade deadline is if there's going to be, you know, any activity on the trade deadline with every team being in it seemingly 30 games into the shortened season. I th- and there's a lot of rumblings now because of how bad the National League teams are. Like the Reds have been a massive in- disappointment. The Cleveland Indians, although in a playoff spot currently, are kind of down on Clevenger and, um, and Plesak. So in talks of the trade deadline, th- there's a possibility that some big names can be moved when a couple weeks ago we thought that was impossible. Yeah, I mean, I was taking notes the other day. I think it was yesterday, and I was – trying to just compile a bunch of stuff to put together for a trade deadline blog. And I, I mean, just the start of my notes, I had like Trevor Bowers on there, Clevenger and Plesak, like you mentioned, um, even coming from the Red Sox with Mitch Moreland, Kevin Pillar, Jackie Bradley. Like there's only a select few players on that Red Sox uh, roster that I would uh, keep off limits. Like those three are maybe like Benintendi. Um, Bogarts, Raphael Devers, 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 and Bogarts. That's literally it. There's nothing more. If you get the right package for J.D. Martinez, send him off. Because like, he could possibly opt out at the end of I'm the sorry. year. I'm can, sorry. Can you repeat that, Tyler? You wouldn't trade those players? Those three wouldn't players, Bogarts, Devers, and Benintendi, are probably the only three players that I would not get rid of. On okay. And then there's also guys that are young or guys that you just acquired, like a Verdugo or a Verdugo, Chavis. same thing. Throw him in I'm there gl- as well. I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to bring it up later in the episode. Um, I read an article this morning. I think he was from Bleacher Report. I could be wrong. I'll double check it. That the Red Sox are shopping or should shop Bogarts, Benintendi, and JD Martinez. JD Martinez for sure. They could but, trade I mean, Martinez. I think they could. That's fair. Sell the Martinez. Why trade. sell? Why, why send Bogarts anywhere? He's one of your studs. I wouldn't at all. And they why Benintendi could probably go. He's the face know. of the franchise. I don't get it. I mean, listen, I, I don't know how much truth there was to this article, um, but that's what I read. I think yeah. the guys for the Red Sox who you can't trade are Bogarts, Devers, um, Chavis, and Verdugo. I think everyone else is fair game. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I don't know. And you, I mean, you move yeah, on to I, like the, the – go ahead, Scott. I was just saying, just the franchise ownership is – basically made it pretty obvious they're they're trying to cut as much money as possible and kind of start over so most of those guys and they already started with trading Hembry and uh and workman to the phillies to help the phillies boost up their bullpen so they've already started um that trend and matt barnes is another guy in that bullpen that's most likely going to get traded as well so, yep. so this says that the uh diamondbacks are interested in trading for bogarts I would be shocked if the Red Sox even. That's an interesting move, Bogarts. though. They already have Cattell Marte in there. Who do the Who do the Diamondbacks have to offer for one of the top shortstops in the league? They have pretty nice uniforms. I don't know if they could trade those. <laughs> they got a, a pool point. as well. <laughs> they, pool. they do have a pool. Some more uh, other, arms. Uh, I mean, I think other can... arms around the league. A guy like Lance Lynn in Texas, former Yankee. Exactly. He's been he's been solid. The Dodgers are interested. In more Lance than Lynn. solid. The Dodgers are interested in Lance Lynn. That's what this article says as well. I know the Yankees are interested in basically everyone, but 
Tyler read and I found it the Walker rumors. I also seen rumors about Clevenger and, yep. and Plesak. And I guess we'll talk about the Indians because they're in an interesting p- position because they're 17 and 12. They're two and a half off the division lead, but the way their financials work out and the way their organization is run, they're not a team that's going to kind of break the bank and sign people. They already told their fans basically, Hey, enjoy Lindor while we have him because he's not going to be around long. They're shopping Clevelinger or Plesak and, and slash or Plesak. I don't think they'll trade Bieber, but if you're a Cleveland Indian fan and your team is five games over 500 and, and, you know, challenging the twins for the division title. And are you furious that, they're so open to selling when there's still a window that's kind of still open at least a little bit. They've had a window open for like the last five years and they've been in this mode, like not as adamant as the front office has been this year. Um, I guess that all started probably when they came out and said that they're not going to resign Lindor or they're not going to pay $300 million for Lindor. But even before that, like while they were still kind of on the fence, you were getting the sense that like, they were going to start trading Kluber. They were going to start trading Bauer, in which they ended up doing. They sent Kluber to Texas, Bauer to Cincinnati. But, like, I don't understand what their whole thing that they have going on is. Like, I don't – it doesn't make sense to me because they have the guys to compete. You can argue that they're wasting Francisco Lindor. I mean, he already made one uh, playoff appearance, one World Series appearance. Um, didn't end up paying off, obviously. But, like, I don't know. It's just weird. It freaks me out. I, I think they're just an organization that knows that they're not – going to be able to pay some they're not going to be able to outbid another team so they try and trade somebody to get as much value back as possible they did the same thing last year with Bauer they were in contention and they traded Bauer away uh to Cincinnati and it's going to happen and they traded Kluber in the offseason just kind of chalking it up they do have a ton of young arms they had the Tristan McKenzie kid come up this week who looks like he's about 16 years old and struck out 10 guys um, in a phenomenal debut. But, yeah, I think as a fan, though, of the Indians, I think it's just expected. It's Cleveland sports, one of the most tormented be so cities. angry because, you know, pitching wins championships, and the one thing that the Indians have is pitching. And, the, and their position players aren't scrubs either. I mean, it's a team that could go on a run. They were in the World Series four years ago. Uh, the, year, the next year, they, um, they had that 103 103- – win regular season they won twenty thousand straight games during the summer and then i guess they progressively kind of just declined because they lost the yankees in that alds and they got swept the next year by the astros in the first round didn't make the playoffs in 19 so so it's just an underachieving franchise and i feel like whenever you have a window especially when you're a team that hasn't won since 1948 you got to take the risk so i don't understand why they're not buyers and instead, they're sellers. I don't understand. This is a tough season to be buyers and or sellers. I mean, I mean, I guess in the Indians' case, it's for the future. Um, or in any team's team case. Control, that's the thing. It's just getting something for a guy before they just go for nothing. Like, it's – I don't know. I know in the soccer world, that's, like, the most frustrating thing is not getting a transfer fee back. And it's kind of just the same concept, I guess. Like, you don't want to lose a, a – valuable player that doesn't want to resign with you and you can kind of just get prospects back but it's such a tough season to do that who's going to give up four or five prospects in a 60 game year and especially in a a week from today the whole thing can get shut down 
And then yeah. you gave up those prospects for nothing, especially if you get someone like Bauer who's a rental and has to be re-signed in the offseason. I would not be surprised if Bauer doesn't leave Cincinnati. That dude looks like he's having fun in Cincy. Yeah, but Cincy is underachieving. I mean, I picked them to for win now. the division. For now. But it's a 60 16. game. Nothing you can't base your, your free agency opinions on a 60. Not you. I'm saying as a free agent. No, I'm saying can't. in the trade market, he's available because Cincinnati's been so like disappointing. I mean, me, we no, I no, had no. them. I understand that, but so Cincinnati is in the NL, right? And we just said that there's only four teams in the NL um over five hundred, correct? Yeah. So they're gonna make the Cincinnati is eleven and sixteen. They're seven games behind the Cubs. Are they? The Reds actually have today. the worst team batting average out of every single team in the MLB, sitting at two oh five. And this is a team that went out and got Nick Castellanos, who's actually been a really major contributor for them, and Mike Mustakis. I mean, I mean, the Reds still have lowest batting around. average in the league. When Over, the, the, the league still has the Marlins and the Baltimore Orioles in it. Oh, well, the Marlins are the best team in baseball right now, but over like half the league is <laughs> going to make the playoffs. So, I mean, the they're Reds, not one of those teams right now, though. Yeah, as of now, no, but they got time. The Reds are going to make the season's playoffs. half over, Cash. I don't know if you noticed that. I didn't notice that until you just said that, but I still so, think they have time. Let's take a look at the National League. You got to look right half now. glass full. In no, relation to that's what it is. In relation to the um into the playoffs, Atlanta and Miami would be the representatives of the East, 1 2 in the division. 16 and 12 and 12 and 11. In the central will be the Cubs and Cardinals at 18 and 10 and 10 and 8, respectively. And then the Western division would be the Dodgers at 22 and 8, and then San Diego at 18 and 12. Then those second wild, those two other spots would go to, if I can do quick math in my head, the You're Mets would have Colorado and San Francisco. Yes. Yes. It would be Colorado and San Francisco. So it would be four teams coming out of the NL West. San Francisco would be the worst of those teams with a 467 winning percentage. The Reds have a 407 winning percentage. I mean, there's time for the Reds, but there's a, it's, a lot it's of there's a lot of teams fast. you got to yeah, time's running out. And you got to jump about teams. Talk the Zach t- thing real quick. Go ahead. And just how, how they don't have a uh, listen to his stat line for this year so far. I know it's three games, three starts. But saying you don't have a spot on the, in the starting rotation for a guy that's got a 1-1 one one record, a 1.29 ERA, over 21 innings, he's got 24 strikeouts and a whip of .66. How do you not have a spot for that guy in your starting rotation? That's telling me that they're going to trade someone to make a spot for him. In the uh, yeah, but in, regardless, like – You're trying to make the playoffs, you got to do that now. No time this to is waste. a guy that is pitching – But we just went over that they're, they're not trying to make the playoffs. They'd rather sell. But in a year like this, there's no. But it's not like football where you're gonna tank and get a draft pick. Like teams still have an incentive to make the playoffs. Like whether they just miss the playoffs or just make the playoffs. I mean, if they're still. I think they're trying to, to get as much as they can position. for a Clevenger. And yeah, then bring fine, up. But even with Clevenger in the rotation, is what I'm saying is there should be a spot for him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think absolutely. I think they're just punishing him for the I, COVID I, thing. I did unfair. see. I did see a tweet. Um, I forget who it was that, you know, the reasoning behind the Clevenger um, being called up and Fleezak being kept at the alternative site that was Clevenger did like kind of show some remorse and did apologize for uh, breaking protocol and that Fleezak did try and make some excuses and didn't really seem apologetic about what he did. Didn't he make a video in his car that was just terrible? 
It didn't I, seem remorseful I didn't, at all. I didn't, I didn't see that. Um, but I think he posted from, on his Instagram story about like a, in his, from his car saying yeah, so, like ex- excusing his behavior basically. Yeah. Regardless, so from, from what I, from what I saw to that, that, that lines up, but I mean, we mentioned it in our group chat. I, I do think Clevenger is getting that chance so they can kind of audition him to teams that are interested. Um, if teams see, like what they see and they get a good offer, they'll pull that trigger and then, Fleezak might get that chance once, depending on what they get back for Clevenger. Um, maybe Fleezak gets that opportunity to come back, but some guys on that team also were really unhappy with them. So who knows if they even want to take that chance and bring them back in. So let's do kind of a fantasy kind of trade deadline, which is probably the most fun thing to do this time of year. One of the trade deadline comes over is kind of like, put together these packages if from a Yankees standpoint, Yankees who are percentage points ahead of the Rays in first place, but the Rays obviously last week swept the Yankees and basically look like a better and healthier team than the Yankees at the moment. And the Yankees do need that guy behind Cole. So let's use Clevenger as kind of the guy that they're going to get. What kind of package are you willing to give up for a Clevenger kind of guy? Are you allowed to trade managers? No, you can't trade managers. I don't know what you your can. obsession is you with trading Aaron Boone. It makes but no not in that situation. I, I just, I really don't like Aaron Boone. The Marlins traded for Ozzie Guillen. Is that how it went in the beginning? That's what happened. Yeah. The first year of the Miami Marlins. Whatever. That's neither here nor there. I have a hot take. I think the Yankees need a reliever more than they need a starting pitcher. I disagree, but go ahead. Tell me why. Why? Well, Tommy Canley's out for a year. Britton is now hurt. Uh, Chapman is Chapman. He's fine. He's good. He's our closer, though. Right? You have Chad Green, um, and that's the only person I trust in that bullpen. I, I don't trust Holder. I don't trust Adovino. I, I don't trust Adovino for anything. I don't trust Adovino. Whatever. Whatever. I'm not getting into an Adovino tangent because I can't do it, but I think the Yankees seriously need a closer um, big time. I mean, a, a reliever. Sorry, not a closer. I think they need a, a reliever big time. Um, Do you think they could get a reliever internally by having Schmidt or Garcia just throw at bullpen, throw like fire out of the bullpen for this half season? There has to be a reason as to why Clark Schmidt has not been called up. Because he's not on the roster, they say. That's the problem. Um, he's not on the 40-man. But then put him on the 40-man. There's got to be some. I, I don't know. Listen, I'm going to trust Brian Cashman and the Yankees more than I trust myself in this situation. So I'm going to go with there's a reason why he's not being put on the 40-man, and I'm just going to trust the Yankees front office uh, in that perspective. But I do think that they need a, a reliever. Um, so what reliever are you acquiring? I haven't gotten that far. I don't know. I'm just I think saying they... anyone but Hater. I hate that guy. You're not getting Hater. <laughs> um. I think if they pull something, like I don't think it's a dire need in the bullpen, but I agree with you. I was going to say the same thing. Um, I think it definitely acquires someone. I'm not saying they don't need well, another reliever. I'm just saying I feel I don't like think the starting pitcher is more of a pressing pitcher. issue. I don't agree. Okay, who they, is your game two starter? Tanaka. Tanaka. Who's your game three? Paxton, who's kind of figured it out. His last one the has he? He's hurt has now. he, though? He's on the I.O. Right, but – 
you're talking about game two and three starter come playoff time, assuming he's healthy for the I mean, he, his last two starts both have come against the Rays, and he's been good for the most part, but he has that one inning in each start where he implodes, and it costs the Yankees the game. Wouldn't you want – Go ahead. So when the Yankees traded for Todd Frazier, David Robertson, and Tommy Canley at the deadline in – what was that, 18? 17. 17? Mm-hmm. I think they can pull a similar maneuver here, minus the position player. There's two, there are two guys in Kansas City, Greg Holland and Trevor Rosenthal, both guys on minor league contracts. I think if you can swipe both of those guys, bolster that bullpen, take a flyer that one of those guys are locked down. I mean, we saw Trevor Rosenthal have the yips. I think it was last year, maybe. Um, Greg Holland, same thing. Out. But he's figured, they both figured it out and kind of righted their ships a little bit. What'd you say? Both have been How are they doing this year? Good. They've both been good. Greg Holland. Rosenthal. Yeah, it's in Kansas is, City. Uh, Rosenthal's pitched in 12 games this year as a 1.59 ERA, 11 and a third innings, 15 strikeouts. Uh, Holland is 2 and up with a 3.6. And he's pitched in big games. He helped. He yeah. closed out games for them when they won the World Series. The guy's been mm-hmm. around the block since then. But he's got big game experience. He knows what it takes to. And he obviously win doesn't need to do the. He doesn't need to be seven, eight, nine. No, no he can be six, six, yeah. seven. And minor league contracts ending at the end of this year. So these guys can ride off into the sunset in their mid thirties and do what they want to do. They can come win a, a championship in New York first. I think, I think that would be a good idea. Worst case scenario, if a starter can't. I still think a starter is the most important thing for the Yankees. No, I think you can get both. I think you, yep, of, you can get both, but how much are you willing to give up in a season like this? Because if well, you make two is, trades like, for a starter and those relievers in what you said, you're dipping into your farm system a lot. It adds up. Well, I don't think it'd take much to get Holland and Rosenthal in the first place. But the thing is, like, if you – we have Garrett Cole for years. We have Tanaka. When is he a free agent? Next year. After, After next, next year? year, I believe. I think no, he's a free agent this year. They have to resign him. Both Paxton okay. and Tanaka are free agents at the end of the year. They're not going to okay. re-sign Paxton, but they'll re-sign Tanaka. I think so, too. I agree. But then you have that. You have Montgomery. You have... Yeah, Montgomery's pitched really well. Yeah, but point is, you go and get Clevenger. He's not a free agent until 2023. He's still going through arbitration, even though he's 29. So, then you'll have four guys in your rotation. If, you're, if you re-sign Tanaka, you have Cole, Tanaka, Montgomery, now Clevenger. We have guys like Davey Garcia. We have Clark Schmidt waiting. We have other pitchers waiting to come up, but there's only one more spot. So the thing is, one of those guys can go in the Clevenger deal. It's going to open stuff up and be good. I mean, one of the biggest know, problems just, for the Yankees last season, when push came to shove, they had to use an opener in an elimination game in game six of the ALCS because in July, they didn't get anyone. So they have Severino. Hello, we have Severino. I forgot about that. They have Severino, but he's not pitching this year. Well, that's true, this year. But I'm saying going forward. That's five. You don't even need David Garcia anymore or Clark Schmidt. Like, so I think, I think the Yankees can't make the same mistake twice because they didn't get the starter last year to help them in the postseason this year. They thought Severino would come back and be the guy and I got a question, be great in the playoffs. But I think, I I think they need a starter. I think there's starters to get. I think there's Clevenger you can get. I think Plesak's available. Lance Lundgren if you want to bring him back or a Bauer. Why are we going to send prospects away for a starting pitcher we don't need? They need a starting pitcher. I don't agree. Listen, we gave up who for Paxton? It wasn't a lot, but Justice he was an Sheffield. Ace. He was an 
it's a huge, it's a huge prospect for an ace who's now our third starter. Okay. I wouldn't call James Paxton an ace. He was at the time. Well, he was Seattle's ace. Now they have Marco Gonzalez. Would you call him an ace? Now I okay, f- fair, fair. But Paxton was a big name, and don't tell me you weren't. We were all very excited mm-hmm. when he got here. He's supposed to be really good, and he's shown flashes of that. I don't think that you could spend more prospects on another fr- uh, starter. Scott, I'll ask you because you're not a Yankee fan, and you can you could be straight. Who are you? Would you be confident behind Cole with Tanaka and Paxton in the playoffs? No, I mean Tanaka has turned it on in the postseason in the past. I know I've been a skeptic of him before. Um, I remember calling for him to not make it onto a postseason roster one year, and he pitched great. Um, I don't trust Paxton whatsoever. Neither do He's, I. He already had the back injury going into the season, and now he has an elbow injury. Both are. And he still doesn't play. have his velocity back. No, both are going to play a factor once October comes. Who knows how long he's going to be out? Is he going to be even ready to be pitching big innings for the Yankees in the postseason? I I know I would be going out trying to find a starting pitcher, whether it is a Clevenger. Um, Bauer would be obviously the huge splash. But, I mean, Dylan Bundy's been great for the Angels. He's probably available. Lance Lynn has been great for the Rangers. Um I, I even saw. The Yankees. I I saw another. I mean, it would be an absolute joke, but some people might be interested in Matt Harvey, who had a good start back with the Royals. I wouldn't go anywhere close to Matt Harvey, um, but there's guys out there that you could give up a minimal package for um, that can come in and play a role for the Yankees as that third starter for moving forwards for them for this year, maybe next year. I don't, I don't think you can trust what they have going into the postseason. That's a fair point. Yeah, I mean – I think – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ty. No, I just – I don't know. I, I think we could use one. I don't think it's we necessarily need it. I think but that if you're going to give our guys prospects, aren't healthy in the playoffs, I think we're going to need somebody else there to throw. I think that if you're going to give up prospects, you need to get a reliever. Yeah, but those don't command big packages. You don't need like, to. You don't need to give up prospects to get a reliever. The Phillies just got Brandon Workman, who's been one of the best relievers in baseball for the last couple of years, and Heath Henry for a Nick Pavetta, who's been miserable in the pros and a mid-level prospect for two good relievers. We might be back in the deal for all we know. You don't need to great. give up. Big prospects to get yeah. relievers. Jay Happ was Unless, pissed today. I don't know if you guys saw this. Jay Happ was like, "Oh, it's very clear why they're not." pitching me all the time like they're skipping starts and stuff because he sucks no he thinks it's because of the vesting options if he pitches enough innings he gets more money but it's not because of it no 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 listen to me right now the yankees have more money than god that's not he sucks they're going out here trying to win a over six shut up i'm speaking oh i sorry you're agreeing with me they're going out (laughs) here trying to win a world series in a 60-game season, and you're telling me they're trying to save a few bucks? If you pitched well, maybe you'd be on the mound. You dumb. He has only gone past five innings in a start against the Red Sox, who are the, who's the worst team in the American League with the Angels. What, a, what an idiot. What an idiot. So, in conclusion, I think the Yankees need a new starter. <laughs> I think. What was that said? Was that on Twitter? Yeah, it was on Twitter. I think Andy Martino tweeted it. 
I, I believe. I could be wrong. Or Brian Hoke, one of those guys. You think he's trying to get traded? Good. I think so. Get I think he's out. out. Get him the hell out. I think he's a free agent at the end of the year, too. He is. Cut him now. I don't know. He is not. He he was good like when they first got him in eighteen, and then nineteen twenty have been disasters. But I don't know. I don't know. Scott, he's also thirty seven. To be fair, Phillies they made the trade for Workman. Are they done dealing, or do they need more, or is it a lost cause this year? I don't. I don't think they're dead quite yet. There's still a chance they can make a run. They don't play anybody outside of the division for the next like month. So they have a really good opportunity to make a move here and move up within the standings. Um, getting Workman and Hembry, um, great move. Both reliable relievers. Workman did get a blown save the, uh, in his first appearance, but I don't blame it on him. I blame it on Hector Neris for being absolute hot garbage now. Um, they could probably go get another reliever if they wanted to, but David Robertson apparently is close to being back. So if they can add him back into the bullpen, that would be huge for them. Um, hopefully, Jose Alvarez comes back soon. Um, I'll get into him a little bit later at the end of the show. And I did see something. It's a it's a rumor, more speculation than anything, that they might be interested in Starling Marte, uh, a center fielder for the uh, Diamondbacks. Phillies could use some help out in center field. Uh Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley are center fielders now. None of them are, you know, world beaters. So if you get a Starling Marte, that would be nice. But they could do more. But if they sat here and did nothing, I don't think they're in a terrible spot. Do you think that the bullpen is the sole thing that they need? Because they're four games back. They're 10 and 14, four games behind Atlanta. Do you think bullpen is what they should, are predominantly working on? Do you think they're working on a starter? You mentioned a center fielder. What do you think their biggest needs are? It's just bullpen reliability. Um, Nola and Wheeler have been great at the top of the rotation. Arietta's been okay. If And then if they can get a little more production out of Spencer Howard and Zach Eflin, that would help the rotation. They have one of the best lineups statistically in baseball. Harper and Real Muto are just absolutely carrying this team. Hoskins is getting hotter. McCutcheon is hitting now. Um, Scott Kingry is hitting the ball well. He's been hitting into some hard outs, so that's nice. Didi's been phenomenal at shortstop. And then Alec Bohm coming up for the minors has been really good as well. It's just reliability out of the pen back end. Um, they've had plenty of games where they've been up three, four, five runs, and they've lost or they've made it close. Especially Sunday night, they won on a play at the plate um, because the bullpen struggled again. Um, it's it's really just reliability out of the back end. So if they went out and got another reliever, that would be great um, to sure things up. But that's really what it comes down to them for them at this point i'd be worried if i was a phillies fan if they overpaid in a season like this i mean that's something i feel like every team that considers themselves a buyer needs to be cognizant of how much prospects are worth it in a season like this is it worth giving up your top guy um to basically 
try to win this year where it's 60 games and it can be shut down at any point. Who knows if we even finish the season? That's still up for debate. So I, I, I don't what, what, yeah. what do you, how far are you guys willing to go in terms of the top 10 prospects on your team? Not much. I, I give up a top 10 prospect if it's a guy that's under control for multiple years. I'm sure as hell not giving one up for a rental at this point. Like, I think the market for Trevor Bauer is going to be tough because he's going to be a free agent that's going to command a lot of money. And that's why I was happy with what they did with the Workman Henry trade is they gave up Pavetta, a guy who has one pitch. You can't have that as a major leaguer. And they gave up a mid-level prospect who people are high on, but he's a mid-level prospect. So I was happy with that trade because they didn't give up a lot and they got good pieces back. So if you any if any team can do that, kind of give up mid level stuff or a guy that's been in the majors that hasn't produced a lot, but somebody else might still believe in. If you can make that kind of a trade, I think that's what we're gonna see. How about you, Tyler? As a Yankee fan, would you be willing to dangle a Schmidt, a Garcia, a Dominguez for any any a starter or reliever that can help them win the World Series this year? Would you be willing to give up those guys for a 2020 championship? Um, yes, if it was for Trevor Bauer and there was an agreement on an extension within the deal. That's, pro- that's probably it, to be completely honest with you. Um, I don't think we need anything else. I mean, I don't think there's anything else out there for us that would make our team better. Um, I, I don't think any of the bullpen guys I mentioned before or bolstering the bullpen by that standard, I guess, would even command a, a top 10 prospect. Like, I don't know if there's even any relievers out there right now that are good enough to get that top 10 prospect. Um, but yeah, like I said, if it's a guy like that where you can kind of get his word that you're going to lock him up or you lock him up right on the spot for a couple extra years, then yes. But other than that, I don't think so. Cash, same thing? No. Uh, I'm not giving up anybody because unless you can promise me a World Series, which you can't do ever, I mean, you've seen that. Like the Yankees have gone out and – bought bought and bought and you know sold and whatever and they they did everything they can to put together a winning roster and they they just don't seem to win in the postseason so keep the guys you have in your system um and uh like they should this team is good enough to win a world series um if they don't that's a bigger problem but i don't think you give up your anyone in, in in the minors for a rental or really anything to be honest with you my opinion all right, so moving on to a team that except J Hap, get him the hell out. I'm heated right now. I can't believe he said that. Yeah, try to bring it up while we have another discussion. Um, I found it. I found the tweet. You found it? Oh, you want to you want to read it? He's a moron. He said J Hap thinks it's fairly clear why he hasn't had a regular starting schedule. Says reporters are smart. Alludes that he can fig- that they can figure it out. Was asked if he thinks the looming vested option is what they has the Yankees from creating a schedule for him. Listen to me. I'm not a big Aaron Boone fan, and that's pretty clear. But let me tell Very you clear. one thing, okay? Aaron Boone isn't making his starting rotating starting rotation schedule over a few bucks. What kind of idiot thinks otherwise? Testing option, I think that kicks in in a whole third year. I don't think it's just a couple bucks. Then cut them. I mean, they'll cut them. But they're, they're not regardless. worried about that. They're trying to win a, a World Series. Just let it out. You just, just let one out. It's a podcast. You can do it. Just let it out because I know it's killing you. But 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I'm losing it, man. That is ridiculous. Former Philly. It's also a completely different yeah, season because we're having cancellations. Did you like him as a Philly? Day. He was good as a Philly. He no. helped them win a World Series. Let me and ask get back you a to question. A World Series. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Scott, but I, I, I'm going to ask another question here. In what world are we going to make sure that Hap gets his innings in for a vested option um, so that Cole, or, or in a world that Cole doesn't get a regular schedule? Your $300 million pitcher, he's not going to get a regular schedule, so we can get J.A. Happ to throw and give up seven runs in four innings? It also doesn't help that the Yankees never play. You can't pitch when there's no games playing played. What an idiot. Yeah. What an idiot. All right, so Just moving weird. on. Like, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Let's move on. No, yeah, go ahead. No, no go, please. Go. Okay. go. Moving move on. on. Go. I want to talk about the Tampa Bay Rays because they're the biggest pain in the ass in, in my life right now. And there's a I lot hate of them. I them more than I hated the Red Sox. In the I bottom, cannot stand this team and it's amazing what they do year in and year out because there's they have no business being good they 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 play in a market that has very little fan base they have a shitty stadium but their ownership and their organization just finds these guys and they're extremely well kevin cash exactly cash kevin cash knows what he's doing he knows how to squeeze every ounce of talent out of his guys they develop these arms day year in year out going back to when they made the World Series and lost to the Phillies in 08. They produced guys like Price and like Shields and like Garza and more recently like Glasnow and Snell, and they acquire a guy like Morton that any team could have had. They just make these savvy, savvy trades, and they compete with the Yankees, who are, you know, the upper echelon of baseball. They have the highest payroll. They make the most money. They have the probably the biggest fan base, and they're just this little pain in the ass for the Yankees you and they have a legitimate shot at winning the division behind in, in opposed to the Yankees. It, it cannot go unsaid that they make some of the best trades of all time. Mm-hmm. Like they traded Evan Longoria and everyone thought they were crazy. And he's done absolutely nothing since he left. And they got, they got a return for him and they traded guys like shields and, and guys like Chris Archer and, and price call Crawford, BJ Upton, you know, you go down a list and like these guys play so well in Tampa then they trade them before they have to pay them, and they get all these pieces back, and now you're seeing the result of those pieces. I mean, as you're talking, I'm thinking in my head, the Rays, what you just kind of said reminded me of one of those like very, very good college football programs. The player turnover is constant. Like Every four years is a new roster, just like the Rays. Every few years, they just ship guys out and bring guys in, and every year they win. It's amazing. So, I mean, I've never been to the Chop. I don't know if any of you guys have. I have. Um, but one thing that I've heard is that there are not a lot of signs around the stadium or uh, anything of a certain player. Uh, they don't market any of their players because of the amount of turnover. No, they don't. There's, it's I'm a serious. lot of logos. That's, it's a yeah. lot of logos. And there's one in the outfield when you go down the tunnel. There's like a, like a cartoonish kind of thing, but it's – Guys like Tino Martinez, who lived, who grew up in Tampa. It's guys like you know, Don Zimmer, who was in Tampa you, you for a long to, time. You have so, to. So Yankee legends is what you're telling me. Yeah, but you know they played for the Rays. You know, and I think and they're Tampa like residents. In Go all ahead. seriousness, I think that part of the problem with their fan base is just that they don't market any players. You know, we live in a time where a lot of people, which kills me, and I think it, it frustrates me more than anything. But a lot of people don't have favorite teams; they have favorite players. You know, in, in all sports, it's not – I mean, you look at, 
like, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Laker guy, so I'll say it. You look at, like, the Lakers fans now. Half of them are not Laker fans. They're LeBron fans, which makes me crazy because they didn't watch Chris Kamen take a nap on the bench. But you look at baseball, you know, you got not as much, I guess, now that I'm saying it, but, you know, you got guys like uh, – I take it back. No, baseball doesn't have that. So I don't know why. But <laughs> – I was going somewhere with that, and you have to trust that my idea was there and pure. But well, they don't have the Tatis, yeah, they don't have who, the Trout, they don't have who the. Who are Bellinger. they going to market? Blake Snell, a guy who pitches every five days. Who's going to get traded? Awesome real soon. Sure. The, the the team is the the whole organization, the whole philosophy is pitching and starting pitching. It's hard to market starting pitching. As much as we love Cole and Degrom and Bueller and Kershaw, they pitch once every week. So, in ter- but their position players, they get the job done. And I think my problem with Tampa, the stadium, you guys haven't been, it, it's not in Tampa. It's in St. Pete. And to get to St. Pete from Tampa, away. it's a 45-minute bridge to get you there. And it's a nightmare. It took me longer to get from Tampa to St. Pete than it did for me to get from Orlando to Tampa in the first part of my drive. It's a nightmare to get to St. Pete. Nightmare. Have you ever taken the uh, seven line to City Field? I have not. Well, I imagine it's something very similar to that. So I did that once. Car just going straight down a rail all the I, way to Queens. I did that once. Um, it was an accident. I, I thought I was going uptown. I ended up going downtown. And I tried to go to Yankee, and I ended up at City Field. That's neither here nor there. <laughs> but it's a long subway ride. <laughs> Queens and the Bronx are not close. So you really made a bad decision. Well, yeah. I mean, at some point, there's no more stops. It's not even the same stops. line. You go on the 7 to go to, the, to Queens. You take the, one you take the 4 to, to get to Yankee Stadium. Or the 4. Well, I didn't end up at City Field. I ended up in the Queens. In, in the yeah, Queens. I know. You in went Queens. the completely wrong way, but you were also on the completely wrong line. The king of Queens. Listen, it was a really <laughs> bad day. I didn't have my license yet. I only drive to Yankee Stadium now. So. Oh, man. I would I like to take an $80 Uber. I had to pay an $80 Uber to get to Yankee Stadium from Queens. See, that's oh still not God. that bad. Why don't you just go back on the train? Go the other way. The train stopped. No, but then you take another train go the other way. By the time we got to the Yankee Stadium, it was the third inning already. I wasn't uh, doing that. That's fair. <laughs> how long tickets. was the Uber? I, it was $80, but how long was it? It was like a 40-minute ride. It was a long oh ride. Oh, my God. That's terrible. right. That's ah. In New York City, I guess 40 minutes isn't terrible. In, in no, the it was car. terrible. It was terrible. Did you like your Uber driver at least? No, that's a different story for a time when we're not on the air. I, okay. Sounds good. But going back to Tampa, I mean, Scott, they just – you got to be envious if you're a team that kind of struggles to win and they have more fi- and have more financial resources than the Rays do, that the Rays keep winning and these other teams don't. Yeah, they, they do a great job at recognizing talent in other organizations and finding a way to get them. Um, I mean, some homegrown talent in Kiermaier, Brandon Lau – Willie Adamas and Blake Snell, but they traded Chris Archer to the Pirates and got Austin Meadows and Tyler Glass now back. An absolute steal. Um, They went out and got Hunter Renfro this offseason, a guy who hit, what, 30-plus home runs last year for the Padres, and they gave up – I don't even – they gave up uh, Tommy Pham. I think they got Margo too, which is a solid prospect. as well. Um, They're just – they find a way every year, and – their bullpen is just a bunch of random dudes that know how to play. They got and they got that Nick Anderson guy from the uh, Marlins last year for nothing. They're they're always going to be an interesting team, and they're going to find a way to compete. They've moved out of that stage of just being absolute terrible 
non-competitive baseball into a team that's going to be there. They're, they're just that annoying little brother that's going to just get on your nerves all the time and just find a way to, to hang around. Yeah, they're 19 and 11. They are a half game ahead of the Yankees in terms of games, but their percentage points, they're 633. The Yankees are 640. That's because the Yankees haven't played. Uh, the Rays currently are playing the Orioles, I believe. They won today already. They won? Damn. Or they're winning. Bottom of the eighth. 4 2 Braves. Oh, Rays. What are you going to do? So, yeah, that's a definitely one of the teams that the Yankees have to look for. Look look at and say that's a team that could stand in a way of the World Series. You got them, the Twins, the Oakland Athletics. Um, you got to f- assume if Verlander comes back and the Astros make the playoffs because everyone makes the playoffs. They're still dangerous. So much more competition in the American League than they're in the National League. As we said, the National League only has like four teams that are above 500. Um, let's move on to winners and losers. Scott, you want to go first on winners and losers? Sure, I'll go. Uh, my winner of the week is uh, Jose Abreu. Monster week for the White Sox. He contributed seven of those 27 home runs and had 15 RBIs, I think, in that, in that stretch. Huge week for him, just absolutely crushing the ball. Uh, my loser of the week is Jose Alvarez taking a 105-mile-an-hour line drive to the junk and is now on the IL with a testicular contusion. But that's not his fault. No, but well, he definitely just lost, though. He, yeah, he's he definitely, definitely loser lost. of the week. But if you're the loser of the week, it's in my opinion, it's your fault. No, it could be unfortunate. That's just like bad luck. As well. Sucks. Yeah, bad luck that was really painful, and he probably, you know, lost something along the way. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully the Phillies get him back. But uh, he, he's my loser of the week. Because I can't imagine going through that pain. Jose Breu, solid. He's still – I mean, we all talk about the White Sox with Roberts and Jimenez and Moncada, but he's kind of the, become the older statesman, which is crazy because we remember when he first came up, and I think he had 50 home runs his second year or so. Um, but, you know, the White Sox, they really made a statement against the Cubs. The Cubs are – Probably the best team in the National League right now. They're 18 and 10. And I'm sorry, the second best team, obviously the Dodgers, 18 and 10. Um, but they really said, hey, we're a good team too. So props to the White Sox for what they did over the weekend. Cash, what are your winners and losers? I lose the week's J Hat. What a fucking moron. That guy sucks. I want him off the team. Who's your loser before J Hat? Doesn't matter. He's my loser now. He's my loser for eternity. You didn't have one prepared. I'm calling you out on it. No, I did. It was, it was uh, Jose Altuve. Um, <laughs> he's a, he's a loser every week. Here. With that being said, my winner of the week is Alex Cashman. Um, because yourself, yes, because wow. I, I don't said think that's it. At the, I, well, I'm making it allowed. I said at the beginning of the season, and I got a lot of shit for it. Um, I said that a Jose Altuve has to prove to me that he could hit without cheating, and he hasn't done that. So <clears throat> I win. Okay, what are your thoughts on the Red Sox coming in second place this year? Okay, so I win some, I lose some, you know? But I'm calling out my wins. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope you're never a winner ever again. Go ahead, Ty. Thank you, Glenn. Um, so my winner of the week is going to be Kenta Maeda. It's about a week old because um, the night we recorded, he um, threw eight no-hit innings, gave up his first hit in the top of the ninth. Um, I think it was against Oakland. 
I don't know. I might be right. Might be wrong. I don't know. But or no, it was against Atlanta. I don't know. Regardless, oh, what, he threw eight. Maeda played the. Tw- he plays on the Twins, so it was. Yeah, the, who was the no hitter against? It was a central team. Like, was it Milwaukee. the Indians? Oh, it was Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he threw eight no hit innings. Um, I was really pulling for him. I thought it'd be pretty cool to get a no hitter under the belt of the sixty game season, but it didn't happen. Um, and my loser is going to be Joe Madden because um, he got ejected in the past week. The Angels are two and eight in their last ten. Um, I feel like he thought he was coming into a much better situation than he is. Um, nothing specific happened over the past week, but it's just kind of starting to come to fruition that the Angels are the not Angels a good six team. nothing right now. Yeah, they lost earlier to, earlier today to the Astros. So, oh. uh, I mean, they, have a, du- they, have, a double headed. Oh. they had a doubleheader yeah. today. All right. Well, I'm glad Ty said that because my losers are the Angels. I mean, this team's nine okay. and twenty-two, and it's it, just a mess. And it, it's a shame because it, it shouldn't be this way. And poor Mike Trout. I mean, it's not really poor Mike Trout. I mean, he did choose to stay there long term, but it's embarrassing. They have no pitching. Um, they throw money at offensive guys like Rendon. And Shohei, and who can't, who always gets hurt and can't pitch, and obviously yeah, they have Albert Pujols. And Pujols, yeah. congratulations to him. He um, passed A Rod on the RBI list, um, so that's something of a positive for the Angels. But really, the only thing this season, the team sucks, and it's a shame because baseball and baseball fans deserve Mike Trout in the playoffs, and it seems like that organization just, you know, they can't do it. And we talked about the Rays and how they're a smart market club, and they continue to win and find players and get pitching and find a way scratch and claw to compete with the Yankees of all teams. The angels can't do that. It doesn't make, it, it doesn't make sense to me that a Los Angeles Anaheim market can't figure it out. So the angels are my loser. My winner is the team that we started off the episode with, and that's the Padres seven game win streak. Um, probably the most exciting team to watch right now in, in baseball. So that's my winners and losers. And before I wrap things up, is there anything you guys would like to say? Or forever hold your peace. The Phillies need to sign JT Romuto. Okay, Cash, you're laughing at me. Why are you laughing at me? It's for off the air. It's for off the air. Just sign off off the air. So I'm going to sign off and then I'll figure this out. That'll just do it for this episode of Base Hit Ball 4. Tune in next week when we will discuss more of the trade deadline that is quickly approaching. For Scott Roswell, Alex Cashman, Tyler Blumenstick, my name is Glenn Denegris. We'll see you next time.